Shout, O depths of the earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, O forest and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and will be glorified in Israel. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you in the womb. I am the Lord who made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who by myself spread out the earth, who frustrates the omens of liars and makes fools of diviners, who turns back the wise and makes their knowledge foolish, who confirms the word of his servant and fulfills the prediction of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Judah, they shall be rebuilt, and I will raise up their ruins, who says to the deep, be dry, I will dry up your rivers, who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall carry out all my purpose, and who says of Jerusalem, it shall be rebuilt, and of the temple, your foundation shall be laid. The second reading is taken from Mark's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 8, the proclamation of John the Baptist, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside And all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray together? Lord, may my mouth speak wisdom and the meditation of my heart bring understanding to awaken our hearts this morning, expand our minds and shape our identity in you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I let you into a a secret? Not many people know this, but over the past couple of months I've been trying to broaden my reading genre by reading some poetry. It all began with a challenge to to try something new. And as one of my children was going off to university to read English literature, I decided I'd give it a go. It's still very early stages and I'm finding it difficult. Let's just say the last time I read poetry was at O-Level 
And while I may have passed, let's just say it was with an average score. Poetry can be short, but it has to be read slowly. And like the Bible, context plays a key part in understanding its meaning. I decided to begin by reading some of T.S. Eliot's poems, hailed as one of the greatest poets of the last century. One of the poems that I've been reading of his is called The Four Quartets. It's a series of four poems with themes that are relevant to the season of Advent and life today. In the third one called The Dry Salvages, I came across this line which hit me powerfully. We had the experience and missed the meaning. We had the experience and missed the meaning. It seems to resonate today, where we live our lives like a dash, where seasons can pass in a flash. We operate with a default on hurry, yet we fail to press pause to process the flurry. We're in a, this season of Advent in the church calendar, where we've been looking at these two key themes of Advent, waiting and hope and how they interact together in terms of what it means to wait in hope. Today's message is entitled, We Wait in Hope, by seeking God's meaning to our experience of 2020. The way we find God's meaning to our experience is in his word, his Bible. I don't know about you, but I never realised before March this year how much of the Bible could be relevant to a pandemic and the other major crises of 2020. As we've seen throughout the year, from the stories of Jesus to the cries of the psalmist, through the events of the biblical prophets, right the way to its teaching to 21st century emotional health. We've been given these pearls of wisdom and insight to discern God's fingerprints and footprints in our experience. And if you don't know this, let me just remind you that all biblical hope is centered upon God. If you've been using our daily Bible verse of hope, this past week you'd have seen from the Psalms how much of this is true. Remember Tuesdays? Where we read from Psalm 33 and verses 21 and 22 in Him, our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Or remember Thursdays from Psalm 62 and verse 5, Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. And then there's this morning's from Psalm 146, verse 5, But joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. If you missed last week and haven't had a chance to catch up yet, the biblical definition of hope is not taken from the dictionary of life today. Hope in the pages of the Bible is not defined by an if or a maybe. It's not even defined by wishful thinking or escapism or even optimism. The biblical definition of hope is one of certainty, of something will happen even when circumstances seem grim. Why? Because of who God is and what he's done. It's why hope is so powerful and life-giving. In today's Bible reading from the 
book of Isaiah chapter 44, we see this life-giving power of hope in God in action. Even when the people of God's circumstances were grim. It was through listening to God speak about himself, they find meaning to their experience and it brought them hope. We would be wise to follow their example if we want to find God's meaning to our experience of 2020, to likewise see that hope arising. In chapter 44, we read God, or maybe I should call him by his first name that we mentioned last week, the Lord speaks three times. If you're following it at home in a Bible, just follow it with me now. Each section is introduced by these words, thus says the Lord, in verse 2, in verse 6, and in verse 24. And each time, it reveals something of God's nature, which brought hope to the Israelites and meaning to their experience. The first time the the Lord speaks, he reminds the people of God of the promise of his covenant blessings throughout the generations to a people who were both in need of deliverance from slavery and redemption from exile as they languish incarcerated in a foreign land. It brought hope and meaning to their experience. Hope despite their repeated unfaithfulness to the Lord and his covenant through their idolatry and social injustice, that the one who formed them would remain faithful. Hope that despite their serial unforgetfulness of the Lord, that the one who chose them would not forget them. Hope despite the bleakness and barrenness of their present circumstances that the Lord would refresh them and pour his blessings upon their descendants and that hope despite feeling cut off and isolated that they would once again be free and known as the Lord's. As we seek God's meaning to our experience of 2020, his word speaks to us and through it we learn God is faithful. Faithful to his promises, and his promises ring true today for us, because he is trustworthy. He is the promise keeper. Through Jesus we know he will never leave us or forsake us, and hope arises. To an island where increasingly we see so many bound up by the issues arising from a COVID-19 world, and where the weaknesses of the human condition are increasingly evident. This is our message of hope in Jesus Christ. We are called to spread. We wait in hope by seeking God's meaning to our experience of 2020, knowing God is faithful to us. The second time the Lord speaks, he reminds the people of God of his sovereignty. We read in verse 6, Thus says the Lord, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Who is like me? Let them proclaim it. Who has announced from of old the things to come? Let them tell us what is yet to be. To a people in chains, to the superpower of the day, those words brought hope and meaning to their experience. What the Lord was announcing And as we'll see, he was the only one in a position to make this claim. Wasn't that he is one God amongst many gods. It wasn't even that he is the only God. But it was this, it was the sheer absurdity 
of these so-called other gods who weren't even worthy to be considered serious counterfeits. It's a message which continues in the part of chapter 44 we didn't read this morning. As we seek God's meaning to our experience of 2020, his word speaks to remind us he is still sovereign of the universe no matter what the nations say. Nothing surprises him. He doesn't get blindsided. He's seen it all before. When I remind myself of these words, hope rises. The last couple of weeks I've been reflecting upon a conversation which took place on uh, one of our Zoom church services between a child and our new children's youth and family missioner who arrives in St. Juan next month. She was asked by the child, what's your favourite game? What struck a chord with me wasn't the idea of a favourite game. But what game would I use to describe the experience of 2020? I don't know what game you'd choose, but I'd choose snakes and ladders. Here's why. It feels like the experience of 2020 has been so up and down, of highs and lows, of peaks and dips. And then this past week and it happens. On the day it was announced a, a vaccine had been approved, it felt as if we'd moved into a second lockdown in this island. It felt like a shot in the arm, only to be slapped in the face shortly afterwards. Like a snakes and ladders game, just when you think you're moving towards the finish line, you land on the longest snake of them all. It's time to reset. We wait in hope by seeking God's meaning to our experience of 2020, knowing God is sovereign. Nothing surprises him. He's seen it all before. The third time the Lord speaks, he reminds the people of God he will fulfill his purposes. The Lord begins in verse 24, if you like, by outlining his extensive resume. In other words, his capability to bring about such things before outlining how it will happen. For those Israelites, hearing how the Lord's purposes would be fulfilled brought hope in three ways. Because they hear of how they will return to their land. They hear of how Jerusalem, their capital city, will be rebuilt and inhabited again. They hear about how their temple, if you like, the focal point of the city, the place where they believed God resided, if you like, where heaven and earth intersected, would be recreated. You could imagine how that would bring them hope. And we may think that that may all sound wonderful, yet what would have astonished them? and would have been more difficult to swallow, was who the Lord would choose to fulfill his purposes. If you've got that Bible open, look with me at verse 28. You see, who was God's appointed representative to achieve his purposes? It was a man called Cyrus. Who was Cyrus? Cyrus was a Persian king who destroyed the Babylonian Empire to become the superpower of the day. It's a reminder the Lord will use even non-believers, to fulfill his purposes, irrespective of whether they choose to acknowledge God and his role at all. As we seek God's meaning to our experience of 2020, his word speaks to remind us he will fulfill his purposes his way. As we've seen in one sense, this looks increasingly through a vaccine. 
We wait in hope by seeking God's meaning to our experience of 2020, knowing God will fulfill his purposes his way. But there's still another purpose to be addressed, which T.S. Eliot also addresses in the four quartets and which never goes away. In the same way, Israel's exile pointed to a bigger issue. Likewise, our experience of 2020 points to that same bigger issue in our world. It's the problem of the human condition. Here's how I see the, the problem of the human condition increasingly being played out in our island at the moment. It's in the attitude who thinks and acts that they are an exception to the rule. It's the reason, perhaps, why we are where we are today. You know, I felt it myself when I had to isolate for two weeks in October. We think we're an exception to the rule. We're not. It's the attitude that goes right the way back to Eden that says that we can be God. We can't and we're not. And it's actually the reason for all the world's problem. It's why the prophet Isaiah would go on to write of how the servant of the Lord would come to resolve the problem. It's the advent reminder of the coming of the Christ child who came not as the people expected, as the hope of the world, and who resolved the problem not as the world expected through his death and resurrection. It's why we can always find God's meaning, even in the worst of our experiences, because he is the living hope. He's the only hope I have. He is Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection. So let me leave you this morning with one way you can wait in hope. By seeking God's meaning to our experience of 2020. It's by journaling. Journaling is about firstly recognizing where God is present in our experience. To me, this is all about asking the right questions. As a very good friend asked me recently, what has sustained me? through the experience of 2020. Another question could be, where might God be leading me through this experience? Or what have I learned about God and myself through the past nine months? Journaling is about recognizing where God is present in our experience. It's then about reflecting and recording what we're hearing. It's about writing down what God's meaning might mean for you. When I was asked that, that question by my friend, immediately thoughts started to bubble up in my head and I started to jot a few things down and hope rose from within. Journaling is about recognizing where God is present in our experience. It's about reflecting and recording what God might be saying and then it's about prayerfully considering how to respond. What are the next steps we're to take? and to make sure God fulfills his purposes in you, in bringing his meaning to our experience of 2020. We wait in hope by seeking God's meaning to our experience of 2020. Don't miss God's meaning for you in the experience. Shall we pray together? Lord Jesus, you said, I am the first and the last. We praise you for who you are, the sovereign Lord. And we thank you for your promise of your faithfulness to us.
as we wait in hope, help us to seek your meaning in our experience of 2020. Give us wisdom and boldness to discern your leading, that we might fulfill your purposes in us, in your name, in whom all our hopes are founded. Amen.